Creatures from Cyberspace, thank you for listening to the first episode of the Grave Talk podcast. Today we'll be discussing holiday horror films, so if you want to enhance your listening experience, I recommend you watch Gremlins, the 2015 Krampus film starring Adam Scott, 1974's Black Christmas, and April Fool's Day from 1986. Enjoy. So holiday horror movies. Yeah. How about them holidays, huh, fellas? Turkey time, Christmas time, murder time. Murder time. What do you think? Subject. Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just thrown right into it. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we're going to talk about uh, this episode, uh, holiday horror films, um, and kind of, you know, what they, you know, what makes them I guess what they are. specifically December holiday horror films. I feel like we're going to focus mostly on that, but I think yes. we should, I don't think we should neglect the other holidays. Uh, I mean, you know. I've got a couple things to say about some of the other holidays. Except okay. for Halloween. I think right. we should. I think Halloween. We, well, we can be... mention Halloween, but I don't think we should talk about Halloween as a horror, like, Holiday uh, film because I mean October most things would are... keep us very busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Well, I mean, so there's a whole slew of these things, right? Um, they seem to be mostly focused around Christmas, but yeah, there's like a, a Valentine's Day, My Bloody Valentine, April Fools, Halloween. Um, St. Patrick's it? Day, can't forget Leprechaun. Well, that's that's a question <laughs> I had for you. Like, I actually don't think those are related at all. That's what. I, yeah, <laughs> one of my questions here says. Do you think that there's any films that could become a holiday horror, even if it's not based around a holiday? And well, Leprechaun I think was well, one of those. St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, but I mean, I guess it's not around the holiday itself, but it's right. It's very Irish. It's very <laughs> almost to a fault. Yes, you know, offensively so. <laughs> yeah, maybe, there you go. Offensively, but... not, not not to a fault, but offensively so. Yes, uh, I've only seen the first Leprechaun. It, that's all right. That's probably. Are any of the other there. ones like? Well, they did yes, Leprechaun the Four. Yeah, we'll Leprechaun in the Hood. hood. Does that take place? Is that three on or four? I can't Day? remember. No. No, it does not. He just ends okay. up in, I think, Brooklyn. But it's got iced tea. I should watch so, that one. Yeah. That sounds like <laughs> a ringing endorsement to me. Um, yeah, so, I mean, what is a good formula for a holiday film? And what, what is, is it just a wrapper? Like, not wrappers in iced tea, <laughs> but like a gift wrapper for a horror film? Like, what do you think? Mm. Um, I think your pun was terrible. <laughs> I think that there are maybe a lot of movies that take place during a holiday. Doesn't necessarily mean that they are a holiday film. Um, you know, if it's just something that's happening in the background, and if you were to take that movie and move it to just a random day of the week, and it's essentially the same movie, is it really a holiday movie per se? You know, so uh, I think that argument holds up for Die Hard. All those people that want to make it a holiday film, you could move that. Yeah. And then it's just any day a, of the, a regular old action exactly. film. Exactly. Right. So, um, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's a good, that's a good point, but I, I think that's, I mean, I think if you, if you define it based off whether it takes place like on that holiday versus, you know, could it exist elsewhere? I don't really know if that's that's necessarily as important as does the holiday make the movie feel more. I don't know. Does the, does the holiday itself kind of give that movie its its general feel? Like for, like Krampus, you gotta it's got to be a Christmas time, you know? Right. That's definitely a movie that envelops the holiday that it takes place on. You can't have Krampus on just 
generic Thursday. It wouldn't yeah. make any sense. Isn't there like a turkey horror movie or something like yes, that? Yes, it's called Thanksgiving. Okay, so I feel like that one's also got to take place around Thanksgiving. <laughs> I would suspect so based on the name. I haven't seen it. But there's like a snow. There's like, is it, was it called Jack Frost? Jack Frost. Not the yes. Michael Keaton one, but like the other one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like that, I don't know if that, nec- I mean, I think that takes place at Christmas, but I don't know I if that's necessarily like, like if Christmas is a pivotal part of that story. So Jack Frost is a movie about a man on death row who gets uh, on his way to the executioner and he gets in a car wreck with a laboratory vehicle carrying genetic <laughs> chemicals. All right, I'm out. I'm sorry. Now, in the crash, he fuses, he gets exposed I'm to these chemicals. I'm with you so far. I'm in. And it makes his DNA merge with the snow on the ground. Naturally. And he becomes a snowman. Of course. What else would he happen? Right. There better be a Jurassic Park, like, DNA line. <laughs> like, snowman DNA. <laughs> like, that's, it has to have that. I was a man, now I'm a dino man. <laughs> okay. Uh, from the sounds of that recap, it could happen on any cold day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It probably could, as long as there was snow. But then yeah. we get into the, the gray areas like Gremlins, you know, which takes place at Christmas. Yeah. And you could argue that movie could take place any other time. But I feel like the Christmas aspect of it really, really plays a pivotal role in it. I mean, it's not like, oh, it's a Christmas movie, but, you know, he gets the gift for Christmas. You know, the setting's very Christmassy. Yeah. You know, you have There's a, lot a, of a gremlin in a Christmas tree that tries to kill the mother. To be fair, it could be in anything, but I mean... could just be a tree. Again. But, but it wouldn't make sense. Why is a tree in their house? Yeah. Who's just cutting down trees? And, <laughs> this is my February tree. <laughs> this is my February <laughs> What uh, would be? That would be like a birch. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that's one of those things that, you know, if you really try to, if you really try to pin it down, I mean, I think some movies are very obviously holiday films, like, you know, like the Valentine's Day movie, um, right. you know, like Thanksgiving... Uh, things like that are very pretty much like we made a movie, oh, a movie, a horror movie that involves Christmas. Sure, that's pretty obvious. But I think if you try to like classify the other ones, I think it's best just to kind of let them be nebulous. Just really quick, Thanks Killing's plot goes as follows. Oh God! Back in the Pilgrim days, mm-hmm. one of the Pilgrims insulted an Indian, so he necromanced a turkey back to life, and it goes on a killing spree. And now it's back in modern day for some campers. That reminds me of that Patton Oswalt <laughs> bit about deathbed or death what? Deathbed, yeah. yeah. Like, God, oh. Someone really powered through and wrote, thanks, killing. Oh, also the turkey talks and it wisecracks. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Was yeah. this made in the 80s? No. This oh, was man, a, it feels uh, like this an 80s film. A post-2000s film. Oh, um, on my way over here, my brother was like, Oh, you're going to talk about those holiday films? You better talk about thanks, killing. And I'm like, wait, you know about it? He's like, oh, the movie's great. Wow. So... That may be one of those so cheesy it's good. Were Native or... Americans like big on necromancy? Is that yeah, <laughs> I mean, man? Is that yeah? Come on, Pet Cemetery. They... I'm going to sound really <laughs> ignorant here, but is that a thing that I was not aware of? Apache necromancy. From what I learned wow. from horror yeah. movies exclusively, uh, yeah, Apaches, everyone I'm sorry, is. I don't everybody's know if that's true. Yeah, huge on necromancy, <laughs> curses, witches. You know the whole spiel. Every culture. I, mean, true, I assume true. horror movies are accurate. So a lot of people know voodoo too. Yes, that of course. Seeing if there's any other Thanksgiving Day thing, facts, factoids I have. I don't. So that's all I got. I'm glad to hear that. I don't yeah. want any more. Well, so the I, I guess was killing me. I'll yeah. tell you what. So I guess there's better representation of the genre. Um, you know, like you said, Krampus, I think, is probably one of the better ones, honestly. Like when I yeah. finished watching that thing, I was like, wow, that movie, it, it had the holiday stuff. It was almost like National Lampoon's vacation 
meets yeah it was com- had a comedy element to it yeah and, and then it just gets all dark and then uh the, like the creature design is just uh, i applaud that stuff yeah um i was like man it's almost the puppets like i know you were against the gingerbread people but i gotta tell you the scene where they were on fire <laughs> was i really enjoyed that scene so if you guys don't know what Krampus is, Krampus is the anti-clause of Christmas. Uh, basically, in some um, regions of the world, the Krampus will come for the children who misbehave. And I think it's about it. Now, this movie kind of fills in, I feel, a little more mythos on the Krampus character yeah, I don't know than that's actually out there. But um, he's like a half-goat, half-man creature yeah right essentially feels that way his character design was amazing with the sunken eyes and it was really really he looked like a goat claws who looked zombie (laughs) thing i can't get off this gingerbread guy thing though man (laughs) Man, fun fact (laughs) while watching this movie they walk into a frozen house and they see a gingerbread man cookie kind of just stabbed into the fridge and uh my wife goes man i really want that magnet and like 10 <laughs> seconds later, one of the characters is like, whoever did that is a real sick bastard. And that was a fun laugh that we had. That would be a good magnet, though. It would be. be I okay actually with agreed with her 100%. I was That's like, nice. I also want that magnet. Etsy store idea. Oh, Krampus Etsy. Thing. Yeah. There you go, listeners. My problem with <laughs> the gingerbread men is they just felt a little corny. Like, based on all the other designs going on, you had that angel puppet just squawking in the air like all the feathers fly flailing yeah. off it was attacking the people but i mean then there was the cheesy little erector set robot fucking things that's I did true not that, like was, that was another one i wasn't that impressed with i was and less impressed with those in the gingerbread men i will say my favorite one was that jack in the box with the jaw that unhinged and yeah. had like the multiple rows of teeth this is that another movie cool. who like one of the inciting like one of my pet peeves about horror movies is the inciting action always like feels a little brain dead they're like, for this one, their daughter wanted to go out in the middle of this insane blizzard to go see if her boyfriend was okay. And they're like, all right, be back in an hour. It's like no reasonable parent would let their child walk in this blizzard. No, absolutely not. And that, that seems to be something that comes up in these movies often is like <laughs> the teen girl going to the boyfriend's house or something. I yeah. think they even have in Stranger Things. It's like, one, why would he not be okay? He's got his own house. What? There was no reason to believe that this person <laughs> was in any danger except I texted him nine times and you didn't text back. I mean, that's something they say quite a bit. Like you have to like suspend disbelief with horror films, which always bothers me because I shouldn't have to suspend disbelief just to, you know, accept this behavior. Because it's one thing if we're, I, mean, I guess I do it for comic book movies, so I don't see why I couldn't <laughs> do it here. But I mean, you know, that's one thing to just, you know, the bad decision making just always really, I think that's one of the reasons I have such a hard time like accepting like main characters of horror movies. It's just like, there's no, no rational person right. would do the following thing. But I guess that also kind of, I don't know, is, is it? It's the logic defying uh but is that choices done on, that is really that done on purpose though to make you feel smarter and more powerful than the the character when you watch these movies? Is that I don't know. Is that a thing? That Maybe like, if you're the person that talks to the screens, like, oh, don't do that. What you doing? Oh, <laughs> you mean like I didn't it? I <laughs> think it's just bad screenwriters. 
Um, cause there's always like the smallest changes, right? It could just be like, Hey, I got the, I was on the phone with him and it cut off and I, you know, whatever. I feel like I need to go check. There could be some sort of logic that just one extra sentence would have, right. is she, all I'm looking for. She had no connection or contact rather with him. Right. She's just was like, her, I got to make sure he's okay. That was her thing. He, she was like, I texted him nine times and he didn't text back. I need to go. Bye. Like, that means he's seen someone else. Yeah. And it's like, man, it is a blizzard. No one has power. I guess another detail about this, anyway. since we're just <laughs> talking about Krampus here, um, was that this all was all brought on by a wish that a grandmother made back in the 30s? Is well, that right? It was right? very confusing. I think that's why he came the first time, but I think this time it was because that little kid tore up his little note to Santa and was like, fuck this shit. Now, and did he actually wish for everyone to get banished no, or whatever? Well, he wished for Christmas to be like how it was. And that just invokes the Krampus to come take everybody to hell. I, I don't know. <laughs> wherever they I don't. Went. I got nothing, Mark. It was yeah. very, uh, the, yeah. I think that could have been uh, more explained. Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, I definitely think um, the act of tearing up the letter and throwing it out the window played a pivotal role because they spent a lot of energy showing that. Yeah. So. And the, I think the kid was Max, right? Was his name? Yeah, Max. So I remember Max was like, oh, this is my fault. But then the grandma was like, oh, this is my fault. And so I was like, well, whose fault? It's like we everybody can, we can all share the yeah. blame. We're all to blame. It's the screenwriter's fault. I will say this about that movie, though. Um, the, the acting was surprisingly pretty good. Like, everyone did do a decent job of acting in that movie. So it was... We had Adam Scott... That's that's who and it was. Yeah. Dave, no, David like Keckner. Yep, so I mean, the, it has some decent people in it. Uh, I don't know who played the aunt, but she was cool. She's too. been in stuff. Yeah, she's pretty. The, recognizable. You're talking about the lady who just wanted to drink the whole yeah. time. Yeah, she was great. I liked her character a lot. Yeah, I um, yeah, I feel like that goes a long way. Like with some of these movies, where I'm kind of like, uh, like you know, like the the dumb decisions, the kind of the 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 really bad relatability to some of them. I feel like if you actually have a decent actor. Sometimes that can really it can really pull me right back in, which is one of my biggest problems: the disconnect with the characters in a, a horror movie. Um, so I feel like the good acting definitely goes a long way to to help bridge that gap. I think also Adam Scott is is enough of a blank slate; like he's not he's not like a Stallone or a. A Kurt Russell. Or God, a I would love that movie if Stallone or Nick Cage was in it. Wait, <laughs> no. you're really jolly. You know, Adam Scott, not a Stallone. <laughs> what I'm saying is, like, you know, those movies you watch is like, oh, it's a Nick Cage film. Right. It's always just Nick Cage and whatever he's in. There's no like nuance. It's just he's always himself in that role. I think Adam Scott hasn't done a movie like that yet. I don't think that he pegs can. him as. I don't think he. There is. There's never going to be an Adam Scott movie. He's just. He's just a guy, you know, in that I sense. He know. plays. I think he plays generic guy so well. That's what I'm saying. He's thing. such a blank slate, like in his roles that he could play. Hey, don't count Adam things. Scott out, you guys. No, I like him. <laughs> no, I'm pro Adam Scott. He, when I saw he was in that movie, that was one of the yeah, reasons yeah. I watched it. It's like, first, oh, this has names in it. Yeah, Let's when I it. saw the the trailer originally, I was not very interested in it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, Plus, it was it, on HBO Go. It wasn't until I had some recommendations. I was like, oh, okay, this might be one to see. Um, I did like the ending, the like, well, spoiler, I suppose, if you're listening to this. Uh, yeah, just a couple of things about Krampus uh, before we talk about the end of the film. Um, did you guys notice that they referenced uh, a couple other Christmas films? I'm bad with non-horror movies, so no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I think um, one of the most obvious ones is when the grandma decides to tell the flashback story, and it looks like Rudolph the Red Rose Reindeer Claymation. Oh, yeah, okay, I could pick that up. That's true. Yeah, I definitely thought that was like a, a, was a fun cool. choice. They yeah, made. I was like, oh, man, they're really wrapping this cre- this Christmas thing into this film a little more. So that was appreciative. 
Um, I don't think they had much choice doing a Krampus film. <laughs> I feel like you kind of just really have to just you drive that Christmas the home. Christmas big time. I know, but it costs more money to do that. I, right? Agreed. You agreed. know what I mean? Like they yes. could have just been like, let's cast some actors. Let's get this this or flashback thing out of the way. I even had a flashback, so I'm glad that they uh, did go the extra mile there. Yeah, and then I've already talked about Die Hard once and the Christmas thing, but at the uh, end of the movie. Whenever the they throw Adam Scott off the Nakatomi Plaza tower, that was my spoiler. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Mark. Yeah, sorry, I blew it. And uh, no, there was a scene, and I don't remember who it was, but it was it, it showed it from the top down. You guys remember when? Oh, when the kid fell in the hole, yes, or was pushed into the hole. He did look like Hans. Yes, yeah. Hans from the, Gruber yeah. from Die Hard. And I was like, oh, pff, okay, I get that reference. Yeah, and I feel like there's one more I'm missing, but. I don't see it here, but I wonder how much, and this is something I always wonder. I wonder how much we like we see what we want to see sometimes. I wonder if they actually did that yeah. as a nod to Die Hard, or if that was just one of those amazingly awesome coincidences where it's just like, "Ooh, shit, Die Hard reference by They're accident." Like, where else am I going to put the camera below the kid? I mean, <laughs> I, I do have to call out that the fat kid decided he was just going to eat. A gingerbread man that dropped out through the chimney, wrapped up in a my chain. Fucking hero! I support <laughs> no, that, that so goes much. Back, that goes back to that thing, like the logic defying. My like, man wants trash cookies. Let him have trash yeah. cookies. It's like, oh man, this guy is not very bright. He did something that was not very bright. Check, check. And then, then they go with the whole thing of other horror movies will do is where you can hear the clanky chain and all the noise happening and the fat kid getting sucked up into the chimney and nobody like really wakes up for it until the very end. Yeah, everyone sleeps very heavily in that movie. Yeah, in, in all horror films, yeah. really. As a soupy, super a soupy, as a super <laughs> heavy sleeper, I'm gonna have to agree that's real. <laughs> you, I, you I would sleep through a clanking chain. I literally, when I pass out, it's my body's going like, "That's it, man. You got nothing left. We're sleeping through anything." Like my roommates love me. They can just do. They can clean. They can vacuum. I'm not waking up for nothing. Okay, would you say then maybe we'll give exhaustion? The win on that. Maybe, but there's so many of them. Maybe had, yeah, had they're sh- all heavy sleepers. They were all sleeping in the living room, right? Yeah. yeah. All to be, well, also, they did hear other things pretty easy yeah. when they were awake. So I feel like they would have yeah. heard that. So I agree. I agree. But when that kid bit that gingerbread cookie, bro, he was that was that was a gangster move right there. <laughs> yeah, and then it looked and screamed at him, right? And then yeah, they, like, that was awesome. Him and he was yeah, that was there. so awesome. I um, like those gingerbread men, dude. <laughs> clearly, you <laughs> did. Do, you were you were on them. Can we get some cookies in here, please? Yeah. Gingerbread cookie stat. I will say the fire scene was cool, but when they first showed him, and I was like, "Oh, we're just going to reanimate every Christmas, whatever you know, any any symbol of Christmas yeah. is going to be the bad." Uh, I like what enemy. they did with the elves. I was expecting you know stupid little Santa elves, but they were pretty awesome. They were like masked, yeah, punch creatures. They were cool. punched over. That was actually a really good idea. Um, and for those who listen on the podcast, we're going to explain what that was. Um, yeah, they they have like these weird, creepy little elf masks as opposed mm. to like just being like your typical elves, right? Candy cane striped, pointy shoes, no green, ears, really. Yeah, yeah it was just were... a really creepy take on it, which I appreciate. I mean, again, the movie had a real sense of itself. It really yeah. kind of you know worked to to develop its own visual and atmospheric styling, which I thought played out well. Because again, I'm not a big fan. First off, I'm not a big fan of Christmas movies. And second off, I'm not a huge fan of horror f- films. You know, But if you can do a good enough job building your environment, building your, you know, your atmosphere, I'm into it. Yeah, I agree with and that. And they did a really good job of that in Krampus. But 
I don't know. I mean, we could talk about all the little things in Krampus all night, but um, I will say that uh, if you want to get into the ending now that you're I talking did about, like the, the ending, ending was really yeah. cool because I thought Let's... that it was turning into like, oh, it's another Christmas holiday film where they're going to wrap it up with yeah. the good vibe. Oh, everything's okay. Everybody's coming down so, like, on the, the Christmas the kid... morning. It felt like a Christmas Carol, like Ebenezer Scrooge, right. like. Ah, I'm a changed man. You know, Max, his wish made all this crap happened and then what everything's back to it? normal. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hey, boy, I want they, a turkey. Here's two <laughs> pence. Go get me one. And they pull out and he's just like in a snow globe in the Krampus's I think, like doom dungeon and uh, with a bunch of other snow globes. One of my favorite really parts awesome. is like, it seemed like the entire family was just back to normal. And then slowly as they looked at that ornament that Krampus yeah, they handed all remembered. them, it all started kicking in. And it was like, oh no, we just had a horrible night. This isn't right. And then, yeah, it pulls out and you're in like Krampus's basement full of these snow globes. Yeah, doom apparently. dungeon. So whatever you do, kids, be good. Or you're gonna get Krampus. Yeah, it's way worse than also, cold. parents. If you're letting your kids listen to this podcast, you're doing something wrong or something right. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> Start them early. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Um, so yeah, you you touch on something. Um, you're you're not into holiday films. I'm not into holiday films either, Garrett. Um, they they really seem to just kind of make themselves inaccessible, except for one time a year. Like, I'm not going to go watch Christmas Story, even though it's my favorite Christmas film. I'm not going to watch that in July and watch Ralphie shoot his eye out, you know. And I kind of feel like, is, is that something that some of these holiday films run into also? I think for most people, that's what that's what happens, which because yeah. like I'll watch a Christmas movie during the middle of the year. You know, like I don't care. Like I don't. It's like when it's like when a musician dies and everyone's like, I'm going to listen to all the David Bowie albums. It's like you could have been listening to all the David Bowie albums for years now and you waited <laughs> until this moment. So I feel like it's the same thing with these movies. It's like, you know, like, oh, it's Christmas. We've got to watch Gremlins. It's like, dude, we could watch Gremlins anytime. This movie's great. But um, I do think that happens just naturally. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing, but I think that just happens naturally with with people. Well, I mean, Christmas music, though. Do you go back and listen to Jingle Bells. I don't listen to Christmas music during Christmas. I don't either. Okay, this will, for anybody who knows me, this will be no surprise. <laughs> I know you're going with this. I do not listen to Christmas music. I actually really do not care for Christmas music. It serves its its purpose and its place, but I listen to the Monster Mash yeah. nonstop year yeah. round. So I'm there the last go. person to ask about this because I will rock a holiday song if it's good enough. And by the way, Monster Mash, best song ever. Um, oh, I want to meet the guy that says Jingle Rock, Jingle House Rock. Is his jam, and he just uh, all the guys year like long. grandma got hit by a reindeer. Woo, yeah. <laughs> that's it, year round, boys. <laughs> Feliz Navidad, man. Come on, it's April. Yeah, it's someone's new year, probably. <laughs> it's December 25th, somewhere, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm gonna say that it is not December 25th, somewhere, all year long. <laughs> that is the uh, one thing I'm certain of. Now you want to come and come at me with like maybe a different religion? You have, to, you have to suspend disbelief. That's, We're gonna that's have the to agree thing. to disagree, all right, Mark. All right, all right. I, I'm not certain about December 25th uh, global <laughs> situation. Okay, that's the, the the jury's out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Um, you brought up Gremlins. Let's talk about that one. I feel like out of the three movies that maybe we we you know we prepared for for this podcast, that one is one of the ones that could be watched more over. Uh, you know, along uh, across any month, really. More like, than Black Christmas? I felt like Christmas played no role at all in the ironically named Black Christmas. To be fair, I'm going to agree with that. Black <laughs> Christmas could have been 
any day of the week, any time yeah. of year, and it would have been. I mean, the main thing was people had to be leaving the sorority house, so it could be the end of the year, spring break, beginning of the year, whenever. True. Oh, by the way, I Finals guess we're going to talk week. about Black Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, back to Gremlins. I think that's because you know, kind of like how I mentioned earlier, like like Lethal Weapon and Die Hard. You know, Christmas is just kind of like an additional attachment to this movie that was already you know meant to be something. Yeah. Um, sure, that plays a point. It plays a purpose. But I don't think it's like a pivotal. I'll say Gremlins is my favorite out of these three movies by far. Really? Yeah, why not? I liked it I when actually, I was a kid and it was enjoyable. Okay, I loved it as a kid, but I, rewatching it for this podcast, I got to say that I didn't think it quite held up as well because I had too many questions. Well, there's a gazillion questions. Yeah, and, and, and some of the logic just didn't make sense. Like, why does it have to be midnight that they turn into the Gremlins? They. They're not allowed to drink water yet. They're at the bar drinking beer. That's wet, right? Well, I mean, but it's not water. Do, he didn't say wet. He you're, said you're water. You tell me that chemical makeup of something wet is really what it boils down to. Gremlins Four sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> it's that H two O, bro. What, it's got to be pure. What does Gizmo drink to parch his thirst? Coke, Pepsi, <laughs> hey, lemonade. Water. But all those things contain water. Contained, well, I don't not think consist of. On him, maybe he's just saying it's got to be pure cut water. Maybe <laughs> pure maybe Columbia it's a, maybe water. It's a skin, skin condition, you know, like he just can't get it on him. Yeah, it's just mm. little things like that. Uh, mm. the, the, I was like, yeah, I remember liking this a lot. Yeah, I still kind of like it. Uh, questions like that. Also, like they automatically knew the the, the lyrics to "Hi Ho, Hi Ho, Off to Work We Go" when they're in the theater watching Snow White. That's the Arguably the first time they've seen Snow White. Arguably, but not confirmed. Yes. They could have basically been on like their third showing of that yeah, film. But we're talking days old gremlins here. There's it no way they were at the Friday their, matinee like, for this. Genetic, genetic memory. You know how like puppies know how to eat food. You don't have to Ooh, show them. That's how a to great do it. question. Do yeah. the gremlins know what Gizmo knew before they actually got popped out as little Boom. fuzzy side chicks so, or whatever so, they are? So you want to propose that Gizmo saw Snow White and therefore passed the knowledge of Snow well, White? Are we, are we doing White's? are we doing the collective mind? Is yeah. this is, are we getting really deep into this? It's the Gizmo is their id the mentality, yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, I have questions. You guys obviously have answers, so <laughs> I'm listening here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I, I feel it's it's a little cheesy. Yeah, but I think it's meant to be cheesy. Not yeah. as cheesy as Gremlins 2, the new batch. No, but that but, movie... Yeah. That's a, Well, we'll have a sequels conversation one day, I suppose. I'm sure we will. But um, oh, I, I think I guarantee we the will. original <laughs> yeah. Gremlins... I don't think was ever meant to be like a legit, you know, exorcist level scary movie. There is a comedic element. You don't put a bunch of green monsters watching Snow White and not take yourself a little, you know, less serious. That's fair. That's then, true. What is the Gremlins' goal? To be Gremlins. Chaos, Fuck man. Mischief. Chaos. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> you know, the Gremlins like an ancient, I, I like mythical... how this is the movie that you just had like this many problems with. Like you were like <laughs> Krampus, all in. You yeah. know, Black Christmas, all in. Gremlins, nope. yo, I got this a question does not real sit quick. Right with me. <laughs> like I said, yeah. I didn't like and, the gingerbread. Well, man Gremlins, Krampus, are, so I had a couple problems along the way. So are 
Sarah, you just moved all your notes from one side of Attention the- listeners, if you hear paper rustling, it's because Mark has reshuffled and shuffled his notes 17 times. I was trying to quietly find my gremlins notes, and I just found them. Okay, from, He had one pile, which he made a separate pile and then moved back to the original pile. My man's got busy hands. All okay. right, so. I found my notes. Some of the other issues I had with the yes, gremlins do is, tell us. like, they knew how to rewire traffic lights. They're gremlins. They knew how to rewire uh, the, the the old lady's chair well, that's a mess. Hey, little to the kids town. know how to work the remote. Wait, Mark, you got a gremlins. I mean, gremlins didn't invent gremlins. They're like a mythical. So beings. I'm to believe this is the gremlins that were on the wing of the plane. Yeah, in gremlins Zone. that ruin Ooh, stuff. That's a crazy idea. I didn't even think about that. Like this is just continuation. Of the gremlins are just like gremlins a, a mythical creature that just kind of like exists. Yeah, gremlins a, know how to ruin things. Like that's just what they do. These questions are 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 here based on what the information like, the movie gives like me. Cheetahs that there's know a mogwai and it turns zebras. into a thing, and they just called that thing a gremlin. Right, which then because of the old man with all the powers of gremlins. I mean, we're stretching here for sure, but I mean, I don't know. I gremlins like... are old as time, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about gremlins, though, is it actually posits enough of a a, a coherent plot. That I, I never stopped to question these things. I mean, sure, there was some stuff like, okay, how do they know how to like rewire a traffic light? All right, whatever. You know, maybe there's some questions there, but like, I will submit that maybe I was being a little critical of this I film at the were. time of viewing. I would, I'm gonna, yeah, definitely. Like, man, someone really upset you, and you're like, I'm taking it out on the gremlins. I don't think I'm being that harsh. <laughs> I'm just being critical. That's all. Uh-huh. Um, I think my favorite part, and the part that actually, I don't know. You, did you guys rewatch this recently, or are you just going off of memory here? I Mostly l- memory. I literally watched this movie in, like, August. So back to <laughs> okay. the whole, like, not watching movies at certain times of the year. I watched this movie in August. I ran out of time, so I didn't watch all of the Is movies. this movie a horror film? Like, no. I watched it, and I wasn't scared at any it's point. It's a monster film. It's a monster film. Now, yeah. our, I mean, I think monster films may be a subset of horror films as, like, a, as a meta genre, if you had to put it I think it the toes huge, the line, yeah. yeah. It, go, it can go buckets, either way. But, um, Back when I used to go to the Blockbuster, it was definitely in the horror section, that's right. for sure. Because they were putting them in these huge buckets, right? You know, Blockbuster, yeah. was it Netflix, but it's, like, super Is there a monster categories. movie genre? I bet. On Netflix? I bet. I mean, if you, if you go way back in horror history, monster movies were the first like filmed horror movies. You're, you're some of the yeah, some of the big ones, yeah, Nosferatu, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, the Universal monster. That's fair. Okay, I, yeah, I just there wasn't anything that like stood out and, and I don't felt think it's scary a, like, at all. Supernatural horror, maybe a little film, suspense. Yeah, there was definitely some moments that kind of freaked me out. But again, I mean, you know, just like you said, that you're not really scared of most horror films. Yeah, I think it's subjective, you know, because there were parts of that movie where it was like. Oh man, that would freak me out. Like you know, like it really made me uneasy. I don't think it was designed to basically like scare, in the the typical like you know, <laughs> make little kids cry and stuff. Yeah. But right. it definitely like you know made things very uncomfortable to the point where you could feel uneasy. And I I think honestly that's such a big part of what horror is. I mean, you mentioned Paranormal Activity. And I don't want to get into that movie too much right now because I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, you know, like, there's parts of that movie that are just designed to make you feel uncomfortable. Right. And that's their horror. You know, there's very little actual horror in that movie. So is I think Gremlins kind of horror film. I think so. Isn't it PG? I think you, I think you could definitely classify it as a, as a, a children's. Or a, a younger audience. Yeah, a young horror. audience maybe they're, movie. Maybe their introduction to the genre, perhaps. Yeah, but Spielberg kind of did stuff like that. You know, Goonies. If you look at what he did, he kind of did just accessible E.T. had films. some creepy moments. 
Yeah. Like in the, the woods and stuff. And I haven't chased. seen that movie in so long. I apologize. I don't remember hardly anything. Uh, you, they were chasing, like the government was looking for him in the woods, like chasing, trying to chase him down. Yeah. I, I mean, for remember. little young Mark who bought into conspiracy theories, E.T. would have been terrifying. Oh, I saw that when I was three. My dad told me that I said, look, an alien fell asleep in the theater. So I've been around E.T. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm not disputing your E.T. credentials. Um. Show us your ET back tattoo. <laughs> It'd be worth so much money. Ouch. <laughs> uh, no, back to my point uh, on Gremlins was that the moment that actually made me like frown and go, oh, was the moment whenever the girlfriend was it or the, uh, she was telling the story about how her dad got stuffed into the chimney and oh, died. I love that part. <laughs> I love that part as a kid. I was just like, what is she saying? And yeah. it was just like, Good God. And I remember, like, like the thing is, is, like, certain things as a kid, you know, I wasn't super, like, exposed to, like, the horrors of the world. But, like, I remember, like, as a kid going, like, whoa. Like, I was so into, like, how crazy and creepy that was. Yeah, it's like a two-minute monologue where she's just staring at a fireplace telling about how her dad was going to come down and deliver presents, but he got stuck and just died there. <laughs> and it wasn't until they, like, smelled it or something. Yeah. And, yeah. and then, like, oh, they came and fished her dad out of there. And she thought Santa died. No, it was dad. So that part I was like, oh, man. And that, that for me, that was, the, <laughs> that was the most frown- Turn, How inducing. long do you think they were dating before she actually offered that up? Like, like a week. <laughs> like that seemed. That they seemed like they really were together for like about a year or two. Like in the movie, it's like it seemed like they were together for a long time, right? I, I think they were more acquaintances, and they were just becoming a oh, couple. Okay, it's like her film. first date conversation. Like, let me tell yeah. you about this traumatic. I mean, granted, you probably don't offer that stuff on first date, but I feel like if you've been dating for like two months, you offer up the whole. Oh, by the way, my dad died in a terrible, horrific way. It would be on her like Tinder profile. <laughs> I don't know like if it's something that right. killed Santa. Wait, is right good? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't Married, know. I, I'm, so. I'm not going to I'm not going to um, on the podcast. And then <laughs> just uh, final thoughts on Gremlins for me, like when all said and done, like the Chinese man or what whatever, he comes to collect Gizmo. He's like, "I told you it was rough." And look what happened. All these people died, you know, because people are dying throughout the whole film, and then dad just goes, "I didn't mean it." Well, and that's like his it. answer for it. That's not going to hold up in court. Whoopsie. <laughs> like the town exploded. The Oshmans went down in flames. Like, I didn't mean it. Oops. Your Honor, this Asian man may not have been authorized to sell this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. How they just kind of quickly just like, you know, just was like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's a thing. You know, the aftermath. Oh, yeah. All horror movies skip over the aftermath. I'd though. love to see the follow-up. You I mean, know, one point five gremlins where they try to rebuild the town after all these creatures just murdered Most half of the it citizens. Would be people in therapy. It would just be like all of the therapy parts of the Sopranos stitched together. Do you think <laughs> that town just decided never to celebrate Christmas again? They're like, like, we're just never going to talk of this ever again. Yeah. Let's just move on. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I enjoyed Gremlins a lot, and I feel like that's just because you know it was a really solid movie. Um, I think it was a fun movie, you know, and I I think I hold movies that. Hold that don't take themselves very seriously. I try to not take very seriously either. You know, if you come at me like I'm going to be on the Criterion Collection one day, all right, I'm going to hold you to a much higher standard than Gremlins, which uh, I don't think ever I, thought it was going to be on right. the Criterion. And I probably collection. held it under that microscope when watching again uh, recently. Um, mainly just as we're looking for stuff to talk about and that. I was like, is this a horror film? Was kind of the mindset I was going in. Maybe not the yeah, audience. Yeah, that's a good question. You know? I think I think if you hadn't gone into it as this is a horror film and just gone into like, this is a, mov- a monster movie, mm-hmm. 
it, you you probably would have had less of an expectation yeah. of like scary. Yeah, I think the definition of horror films has shifted over the years, um, for sure. Especially after the seventies with slasher films and possession films and you know more ghosty supernatural stuff. Because um, early horror movies were all essentially monster movies, and they were everyone afternoon matinee movies. and yeah. the late the late nineties two thousand like Eli Roth movement yeah, of like just like stuff. look it's an eyeball being slit open and you're just like oh yo that's not really horror but I'm pretty fucking freaked out yeah. you know like Torture and again porn. that that comes to the whole like you know like I don't know if you can I don't know if you can just drop anything into a specific category of like this is horror this isn't I mean. What scared an audience a hundred years ago, like, is nothing today. And I think in fifty years, horror movies, man, who knows what they're—they're they're all going to be VR hostels. <laughs> it's going to be terrifying. Well, let's um, talk about. That's one actually, of the, yeah, that's actually a really good segue yeah, let's into. Let's talk about one of the uh, first slasher films that ever came about, Black Christmas. Yeah, so that's you true. were talking about the ones in the seventies there. So that one kind of kickstarted that whole genre. What was that? That yeah. was seventy four. Seventy four. Right? Yeah, seventy four. Considered, it's popularized as like the first slasher film you know some people think that maybe psycho owns that distinction but either way it's a very early early slasher film and it definitely set the tropes that other uh horror movies or slasher movies would pick up when was psycho Psycho 60s before that yeah Yeah. i think i think this black christmas film and you kind of touched on it earlier you didn't really consider it much of a holiday movie but no definitely not (laughs) um it was one of the first quote-unquote seasonal slasher films right. come existed there was a couple others uh one of the ones i watched came from like 1972 called silent night bloody night and it was like an artsy low budget thing um it was okay okay um Never heard but of that one. black christmas was a much better film so why don't you tell us what that one's about um so this is a movie about a sorority that's being harassed by a unknown assailant and uh, essentially harassed how harassed by getting killed well, that's one yeah, way yeah. to harass somebody. For uh, sure. A very deep way. I mean, the, the premise is really about this these really disturbing phone calls that they're receiving, which is sort of the inciting behavior. And, and then one by one, people get picked off throughout the film. It's about abortion, which is a very deep topic for a horror Especially movie. for the holidays. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Um, which I think, in I can't believe it, in 1974, <laughs> they would make a movie where that is like the key plot point. Like the one of the first people you suspect to be the murderer is like upset because his girlfriend wants to get an abortion. Like, and that's just throughout the whole movie. And in 2017, they would never, ever, ever make a movie like that. It would just never happen. I don't know. I feel like they'd make a movie like that. But... It would be an abortion movie though. It would be all, that would be the topic. It wouldn't just be like part of a, another movie. Yeah, I, I, that's a, well, that's, <laughs> that's a lot to unpack there. I mean, to be, yeah, I, so I actually watched Black Christmas. I saw it way back in the day. I watched it again today just to kind of make sure I wasn't missing anything. Yeah. And just for the record, that more movie is boring as hell. It is <laughs> it's, really solid. It has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> it uh I think it had like a different name at one point. It like did. it was like um like Silent Night, Deadly Night or something like that. Or, wait, wait, no, wait. That was a different movie. You're telling me this is renamed something? Yes. Yes, it was originally something else because it was like Canadian This originally. is the Trojan Horse Holiday film. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely... Snuck under the guise yeah. of... Anyway, what uh, are you saying? <laughs> what was it called? I don't have it written down, unfortunately, uh, what it was called. It, But it was it was renamed. Yeah, okay. it was I don't. Something. I don't think it was boring. I, I was actually amused with... 
some of the crude language coming out of uh, Lois Lane. I legitimately Margo found Kidder. the calls to be disturbing. Right, and the phone yeah, calls, the calls were, were definitely yeah. disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was slow. Man, it was slow. And only eight people were killed in the whole film, which for nowadays, it's like the first 30 minutes of a horror movie. They're knocking out eight people, no problem. Well, the entire section where dad comes to like chill at the sorority house and they're just so like, weird. Hey, what have you been up to? And I'm like, who gives a shit? Let's go. <laughs> like, I did really like the character of the house mom. Yes. She was my favorite yes, character I, of the film. Absolutely. As like an adult, I figure if I had to watch a bunch of just annoying college children, that is how I would be. It took me quite a while to figure out the house structure of this sorority yeah i was like okay is margot kidder she was the the drunk one in it and uh i was just like is she even a college kid she looks like she's 10 years uh, older than half the girls here yeah. then you have the old woman that you're you're mentioning uh hid booze throughout the entire house like she opened us up pantry and pulled up a string and there's a bottle of whiskey on there and she's my like hey man it's the, college you know <laughs> my favorite was the toilet she oh, yeah. we the toilet top one. of the toilet <laughs> And pulled it out, but it wasn't that hidden. If anyone looked at this toilet, they'd be like, "What the fuck is this string coming from the toilet handle going into the top of the toilet?" I might add that she washed her mouth out after brushing her teeth with that whiskey. Yeah, and I was like, that "Man, <laughs> what did you get? That's up a committed your, woman, right yeah. there. Yeah. What were you like in your younger years? I wonder. <laughs> what was she like when she was actually in yeah. college? <laughs> Wild. Oh, I never left. I've been yeah. here ever since. Well, she, so this, yeah, this this was definitely an interesting movie, and I I can see why they say it was kind of like the the one of the the most um, famous, yes, yeah. influential and famous, um, you know, origins of the slasher, you know, yeah. genre. But man, I I don't know. I I did appreciate the ending, and I'm just gonna skip straight to the ending because there's no reason to belabor this. Because wait, wait, a bunch of people. We'll get then. We can go back. I and want forth, to mention you know. before we go away from the women hiding the whiskey. I want to <laughs> quote her. She was looking at herself in the mirror, and she was talking about the girls, and she said, these girls would haunt the Leaning Tower of Pizza if they could get up there. Oh, my God. I was going to mention that. <laughs> I was like, that wow. is one of my favorite quotes in this yeah. movie. My favorite quote is from the very beginning where uh, that one woman answers the phone. She's like, you know, like, she's like, hello? Who? And it was like, wow, the manners on <laughs> you. And I know it's like it's like a little bit difficult to hear because it's loud, but like the way she said it yeah. is with the most utter disgust. Like, who dares call this number? I was like, oh, you're my favorite character. Yeah. But anyway, getting to the end because this is one of the few movies that that does this, and I love this, and so many people hate it. You don't find out who the killer is. Yeah, I do like. Like that. you don't. There's no closure. I wondered if I'd missed it, and then John, I even asked you, I was like, hey, yeah. did I just happen to miss who the killer was? But I, I agree. I like it when it was a nebulous... There's, there's a red herring to make you... Yeah. like the, the story is like, ooh, it's so-and-so, yeah. but then you know it's not so-and-so, and then Billy. I don't know why I'm saying so-and-so. We're clearly... Yeah, the the protagonist, I guess, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah they, they basically kind of like, you know, like, oh, it's obvious. Like, he basically gets the, the main, the main um, female lead basically hits him because she thinks that he might be the killer and yeah. then they find him and they're like oh he must be the killer but then you find out at the very end he was not the killer and the movie does a great else. job of hating him making yes. you yes. hate him you're like oh, this was a really whiny whiny little man yeah do you think Wes Craven saw this and was like I can do this better and made Scream 30 years later do you think that was like a, a maybe an well, impetus I know for like that... the first couple parts of it 
the uh, this Halloween is kind of a spiritual successor to this movie. They were sort of brainstorming about what would a sequel look like, uh, and then John Carpenter ran with Halloween as that. Um, you can feel a lot of, of, of yeah Black Christmas in the original Halloween, you know, the point of view shots, things like that. Um, and then Halloween definitely kicked off this slasher you know, explosion that followed in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I think I think the difference is though is like in in that in Halloween, not to divert too much to that movie, you know, like you, they really did a good job of making you like understand each character. Mm-hmm. You really kind of had a feel for the way they're in Black Christmas. There was so much I was just like, I don't care about any of these people. Yeah. Like I literally was like, it was like if they die, they die. <laughs> I'm just like, let's go. Halloween is definitely the superior film. Um, the problem with the ending though is. These were the worst policemen that ever, ever. They weren't like we should check the house. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. It's that dad shows up. Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter? I looked in two rooms. I didn't bother looking every room. Yeah, I'm gonna go straight to the police. Police shows up. Now what's happening here? Oh, uh, somebody's missing. Okay, search party. Search party to search. (laughs) Oh yeah, the surrounding neighborhoods. They haven't even searched the house yet. Now correct me if I'm wrong. At the end of the film. She's still in the attic. Yeah, dead. There are still two or three dead <laughs> Yeah, there's, dead still, there's still two bodies. The they show the so, two bodies. This shouldn't be wrapped up yet. <laughs> no. We haven't found all the victims. There's still missing people here. They're even like, oh, we're going to go call the uh, house mom's sister because she's supposed to have gone. And I mean, in five seconds, like, no, she's not here yet. Hmm, I should check out, you know, a lot of missing people have popped up. We should investigate this. Nope, these police don't care. No, we're done here. There's also a fellatio joke. That was hilarious. Oh, that's from Margaret My man's Kidder. a big fan of fellatio jokes. Yeah. Okay. She's at the police station. Yeah. And, and oh, it's a new exchange. It would not yeah. age well now because you don't ever say like, you know, CE555 or whatever. But Yeah, um, she's giving a statement to a cop. He's asking for the address and she says it's like 555 fellatio way. And he's like, how do you spell that? He didn't get it. Yeah. It and then the joke comes back later yeah. when all the cops make fun of him for not knowing the word because he's a dumb cop. Again. He this all, was yeah, not like, a great movie. Don't, she, he's like, tell her to leave the house. Don't fuck it up. He goes like 35 seconds. He's like, run, leave the house. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, I mean, definitely fucking I like to, to think right that's his there. last day on the force. <laughs> yeah, I hope so, man. He retires after that. This this will be a great this will be a great segue into the episode we do about remakes and should they exist? Because if this was if this was the impetus for like Halloween and Halloween was supposed to kind of be an inadvertent remake yeah. of this then yes by all means remake the hell out of everything because <laughs> they did remake this movie in 2016 i haven't seen the remake though but they did remake it to be fair they've remade everything i'd be interested in seeing that to see how i remember the poster differs. for it but do I you think they kept the abortion thing i'd hope so <laughs> i don't know yeah i mean I, I that would really be something wow um it was Elvis Presley's favorite movie, according to Wikipedia. I so, still cannot believe that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There's uh, no way the king was like, put on Black Christmas, Priscilla. I mean, you got to think, there wasn't a lot before this, right? Like, now we're like, man, Halloween was so much better, and Scream was so great. But in 1974, this was it. It was Black Christmas. Oh, I know. But, I mean, the things you also had stuff like Amityville Horror coming around in this time. You had... Yeah, I, I mean, you had later, good. I mean, yeah, a little bit later, but still, you had good horror not too far off so i don't feel like this was like yeah oh it took you know this well, had a, this had a set at the, the time well, like, oh, yeah. no doubt it did not it's have being good panned right now by me you're also assuming but, uh, that the king of rock and roll has good taste in films we don't know we don't know what his other favorite i will not are. have you belittle the king <laughs> on this podcast hey it's also fat elvis from the 70s not you know doing his pelvis giant his pelvis 
Elvis gyrating. Well, I am not going to. I am not going to argue the longevity of Elvis's pelvis gyrations here. So, moving on. Right. Uh, so this is probably the least Christmas film that we saw. Then um, I misspoke earlier when I said Gr- uh, Gremlins was. Yeah, definitely misspoke for sure. Yeah. I didn't know it was renamed. Um, I was. I guess I was. I think a it had two names. I think film. it had like two different names before like it got called Black Christmas because like. I, I want to say it was like I don't know the the company like it was like Universal like one of the the big ones like re like bought the rights to it because it was like a Canadian film. It was called Silent Night, Evil Night, and yeah. Stranger in the House. There we go. There we and go. And then it became Stranger Black in the Christmas. House. Seems like a much better. You know, it's telling you what it is. <laughs> this was also it just Steve. gave it away. It, it just <laughs> I was also going to say, is this like one of the first it, the calls coming from in the house yes. films? There was one I think before this. Uh, this was also Steve Martin's favorite film. Uh, he, there you go. What do you got to say about old Steve Garrett? Twenty seven oh. <laughs> times. Wow. Yeah. I don't think I'd watch it that many times. Uh, this guy really wasn't Steve. This guy, Steve Martin. This guy, <laughs> he was really into it. Some, some of you old people may know Steve Martin. I mean, I, it's got to be, it's got to be something that stuck with them because of the time they heard when it, they like, saw it, yeah. like people that still listen to Blind Melon. You know, it's got to be something that, like, just unfortunately at the time stuck with them because I'm sure it was creepy. I'm sure it definitely, I mean, it definitely had suspense to it, but, oh my God, it was just so, like, just drawn out. I mean, Halloween, you could even argue with parts that were pretty drawn out. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of um, Homeboy's movies are, you know, but... Carpenter. Yeah, Carpenter's movies that have, like, a lot of kind of, like, build up and real kind of, like, you know, mellow tones to parts yeah. of it, but... This just—I felt like the payoff wasn't worth it. I just felt like the payoff was completely was just like, like, oh. And then when they they find her downstairs in the basement holding like Billy, who they're like, oh, she killed them, you know, like. I thought she was also dead. Yeah, and that was that was supposed to be the red herring, like you kind of like yeah. well, not red herring, yeah. but like that was supposed to be kind of like the surprise, like, oh my god, look, they're dead, like, oh, she's still alive, you know, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, but. Seeing her try to go out that front door and not be able to figure out to unlock the deadbolt really pissed me off. I got to tell you, <laughs> they couldn't think of any good reason why she couldn't go out the door. She just jiggled the handle, gave up, and was like, basement's the next best step. It was pretty infuriating watch her not leave the house. Like, if you're in danger, yeah. and the cop's like, he's there, get out. No, I'm going to go check on they're dead. Bill They're and, and, and Jenny upstairs, or whatever their names were, and it's like, no, you get the hell yeah, out we, of there. Yeah, we we could argue that stuff all day long, but yes, no, I I one hundred percent agree with the whole like, at some point you have to use your brain in a horror movie. I think I think the best example of that is uh, I don't know if you guys ever saw the remake of uh, House on Haunted Hill. I don't believe I have. Oh, it was it was fantastic. It was it had some cheesy moments, uh, but it was pretty great. But there's like. Uh, Chris Catan plays like the guy who kind of owns the house or manages the house or whatever. And then like, like Vincent Price is like, you guys can stay here. And if you survive, you get a million dollars. You could take a check right now for a hundred thousand and leave. And Chris Catan's like, yo, write me a check. I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) You know, like, like that's like, I get that. And like, I understand like, you know, like, Hey, well maybe we'll stay in the house overnight. But when you know the killers in your house, Guess what? Go to Holiday Inn. Peace, man. Yeah, you know, it's time to bounce. Well, so I the will. Trivia says that the uh, the Presley family still watches it every year for Christmas. No, I am not. <laughs> I you are killing me here, man. Just letting you know, Presleys apparently have bad taste in horror movies. Garrett, maybe you need to write the family and ask them what. I'm just... We're gonna get uh, confirmation from the source. We're gonna get out mm-hmm. a Ouija board and ask the king himself. Feel free to <laughs> donate to our uh, our PayPal fund. We're gonna Ouija send me to uh, uh, Graceland, and I'm gonna find out about this personally. <laughs> We're gonna draw like a 
what does the satanic symbol called? A pentagram. That's it. And we're gonna put a peanut butter and onion sandwich in the. We're middle. gonna we're gonna edit out Mark's stupidity. There <laughs> <laughs> was the Elvis sandwich. It was peanut butter and onion, right? That was banana. Peanut butter okay. banana. I can't even peanut get that right. Peanut butter and onion. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's that's Fred Savage's sandwich from that movie, Little Monsters. All right, <laughs> I'm sure it is. How Tune in next out. week when we talk about people's favorite movie sandwiches. <laughs> right. Anyway, peanut so butter based sandwiches only. Black. Christmas. It may not be a Christmas film, but at least it holds a title for kickstarting the seasonal genre, or at least being considered one, one of the first, first yeah. right? That being said, a couple other things, um, other movies in the genre I did want to bring up. Would you guys recommend any of these movies before we kind I'd of recommend all of them. I actually yeah. I enjoyed my time with all of them. I would recommend Gremlins. Okay. I would recommend Krampus. Uh-huh. I would not in any form or fashion recommend Black Christmas. <laughs> Uh, I think I would match that. Maybe less vehemently not recommend Black Christmas. There's nothing wrong with it, but if you're going to spend 90 minutes watching a slow season, Was it only slashing, 90 minutes? I God, it, it felt like, like half my day I yeah. was just like, this has to end at it some point. It feels like one of those movies that you'd fall asleep to, wake up, and it would still be on. Yeah. But um, it was not. It was just, I mean, movies were slower back then. I mean, they agreed, were very agreed. much paced differently. But well, I think the even Omen, for the its Omen time, was exceptionally slow. The yeah. Exorcist was exceptionally Absolutely. slow. But they they had payoff. They had yes. something there that made you like keep watching this. Yeah. I think it was like every thirty minutes, I was just like, oh, oh, "Why am I doing left. this?" Now, uh, while I do give my recommendation of the film, I will say that it wasn't scary. So if you're judging it for, you're going out looking for a, like a horror film. I didn't find it really that scary. It was more like more of a suspense thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's know. fair. I mean, I thought that it had some disturbing scenes. I disturbing. really, really like the phone calls or dislike them, whatever. I mean, I thought... That was the creepiest part of the yeah, film was the phone um, calls. So it was they, pretty... I, I don't know that I'd recommend it, though. So just another movie that I wanted to bring up for the holiday thing was April Fool's Day from 1986. Um... You know, we were talking earlier about like how there's so many films built around these holidays, but it's a film about some college kids that are going off to an island resort for April Fool's Day weekend. And along is that the, a thing? We celebrate privately. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, the rich kids do. Oh, not us. Okay, it's a rich um, people holiday. Any reason to use the yacht? <laughs> so they show up to this this house that this girl is going to inherit. Uh, I'm sorry, inherit. And uh, she set up the entire house full of these pranks. As like you do. Dribbling cups. Oh, April Fool's gotcha. Ha ha ha. Or like, um, just to mention, Biff Tannen is in this film. Tom <gasps> Wilson. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. Um, now I'm in. <laughs> he's, he's one of the college kids. And uh, like he sits in a chair and it just falls over and everybody laughs at him. Good old April Fool's pranks. I never got pranks. I'm like just so against pranks. I don't find them funny. Well, I don't know yeah. that I would enjoy this movie at all. I would just be well, like, that's not funny. You're just a fucking dick. You're turns gonna... out that people start dying. Of course. Right? So, Prank um, too far. The, the kids start dying off. And <laughs> will then... you fly too close to the sun? <laughs> Perhaps you will. Yeah. And then at the end son. of the film, like the girl that invited them there had a twin sister. And I love uh, the twin sister. Starts chasing, uh... her around, chasing them around with a butcher knife. And as she's about to kill the last two uh, resi- or, you know, people yeah. that are staying the night, they run into a room, and everybody who's died is sitting down on the couch and hanging out in that room. And she's like, "What is happening?" <gasps> Surprise! April Fool's. Is that really what happens? Yes. I hate this movie. I haven't even seen it, and I know that I hate. <laughs> this is it. the best okay. sequel to Parent Trap ever. <laughs> I viscerally just have a, a terrible her, response. Her to it. explanation was, oh, "Do tell." Now that I've inherited this house, it has to make money. 
It has to be self-sufficient, so I'm going to turn it into one of those mystery houses where you show up and try to figure out who done it. Well, I mean, step one is tell the participants they're in a mystery house. Yeah. Nah, I hate this movie. <laughs> well, look, it, it encompasses April Fool's. It does the holiday job, doesn't it? Yes. Let's get into what our definition of holiday is. Are yeah. we talking, are we I would talking argue, like, is, is April Fool's a holiday? The, the USPS acknowledged holidays? Is, or is we... it not on the calendar? Uh, yes, but so is Groundhog's Day. Right. Just because you're not off. Oh, is there a Groundhog's a, Day horror movie? Uh, Groundhog's Day I might mean, not be like, an not existential like the... horror. <laughs> All right. It can't so be worse than April Fool's I'm gonna Day read off. I'm going to read off a tagline, and you tell me what you think the film is, okay? The trick was to stay alive. Is it that terrible April Fool's movie? <laughs> the trick was to stay alive? Yeah. Is this all the three movies that we talked about for Christmas? No, no, this like is all, all the ones. I just picked a bunch. Oh, yeah, it's probably that shitty April Fool's movie. What wrong. they were talking about is you're going to want to kill yourself while watching <laughs> the movie. You're so. both wrong. Here's another tagline for the same film. The night he came home. The night he came home. Oh, that's Halloween, I think. That's correct. Uh, the trick is to stay alive, and yeah. that was a Halloween trick tagline? Trick or treat. I get What's it. It's Halloween, treat? but yeah. Okay, so that was Halloween. I knew. I knew the like. Yeah, the second one. Specify that's Halloween one. Next. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Here's the next one. Cute, clever, mischievous, intelligent, dangerous. Oh, that's Gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. I didn't have to go to the second one, which is what you see isn't always what you get. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need to stop <laughs> this game. All right. Well, these are these are movies and taglines. You gotta wonder who gets this job. Somebody did. These were 80s taglines, too, and 70s, so you know, I'm sure they're equally bad today. But... All right, up next. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Oh. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Hold on. These are... If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. That's just so dumb. Like, that's just... That sounds like something they'd come up with, like, in the, like, 70s. I'm gonna say Black Christmas. Garrett's right. Oh. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. What a terrible... Uh, but, all right. Do you want to hear the second tagline? I sure do. Okay. Uh, absolutely. The sort of Christmas you don't dream of. There was nothing Christmas about this movie. <laughs> At least that one's accurate, though. I don't dream of being murdered during Christmas. So. That's true. It wouldn't okay. make me want to go see a movie, though. To be fair, has a tagline ever made you want to go see a movie? Probably not. I can't even think of any taglines off the top of my head. All right, up next. He's chilling and killing. That's the snowman movie Krimp, or whatever. Krimpus? Oh, yeah, Jack Frost. That's right. Correct. Yeah. He called. He had it first. Just for fun, the second one's tagline was, he's icing and slicing. Well, they know how to rhyme. <laughs> we had a good night. I'm out of here, fellas. <laughs> that writer then went on to do uh, Batman and Robin. Little known fact. Yeah. Wait, are you serious? That is factual. No, I just made that up. Oh, I was like, wow, <laughs> what is going on? Oh, real quick side note, real quick. Uh-huh. Um, you told me about this that, um, and I, I knew that he did Porky's, but the guy that did Christmas Story and uh, Porky's right, yeah. also did Black Christmas. That was his first movie, right? He did Porky's one and two, and he did the Christmas Story with Ralphie, with Bob Clark, and the BB gun. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, childish pranks turned into a bloody battle for survival. I mean, is that the stupid April Fool's movie? Yes. Its second tagline was, "Don't let the joke be on you." I like that one. <laughs> see, that's actually, actually pretty yeah. cool. I assume the joke is going to see this movie now. So. Mm-hmm. I think that'll be... Okay, let's do one more and then we'll call it. You better watch out. Krampus? Yes. All right. Nice job. Also, uh, taglines were, you don't want to be on his list. 
And when the Christmas spirit is lost, he arrives. See, that's a good tagline. Really? See, I thought the third one was the worst one. Really? I, yeah. I like that one. That's actually, I feel like that's like a real kind of just ominous, like, okay, okay. Of, like you know, like shit is about to get dark. And that's going to do it for us here at the Grave Talk. Thanks for tuning in and giving us a listen. If you have any questions, comments, or topics for us to discuss, you can email us at gravetalkpodcast at icloud.com. Until then, keep yourself above ground, otherwise you may be dead, and the dead can't listen.